Um, evidently, I struck a nerve with that episode. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, check it out. I got a lower third where you can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and I have been part of the Locked On Podcast Network for Oh, geez, this is now my fifth season, which we're wrapping up. It's soon going to be the end of my fifth season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. How the time flies. Uh, you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, I did a show on Sunday uh, before the rains came. By the way, the tropical storm came and went, uh, and we... You know, we got hit with a ton of rain, uh, but we're okay. Uh, everything's fine here. We got hit with an earthquake, too, just to sort of mix up your pitches. Thanks, Mother Nature. Uh, the games were doubled up, uh, but the Dodger game, the Angel game, and uh, I believe the Padre game was also doubled up. Either way, uh, we're going back to a regular schedule now, and I did an episode on that I dropped on Sunday, unsure if I was going to lose power, and I talked about my feelings about the fact that if the Yankees are going to replace Aaron Boone, might as well do it right now. What's the point? If he's not coming back, he's not the guy for the job. It's not all his fault, but if he's not the guy, why are you, it's kind of cruel to let him go on. And I posted that and I saw that, uh, you know, I get, I have a fair number of people who listen to the show regularly. I got my everyday Sully people. And uh, this episode got several thousand more people listening to it. I think I've had a provocative thumbnail, and I kind of did the same for this one, too, just to sort of see if I get any return listeners. And I got um, about 10 times the number of comments that I get on that episode than I did for a normal episode. So for the first segment today, uh, I'm going to address some of the comments because apparently that episode uh, struck a little bit of a nerve. Uh, by the way, uh, as I said, you can follow us at all those places and on YouTube, please hit subscribe. And, you know, it could be in your, uh, be one of your subscribe subscri- subscriptions. That's the word I'm looking for. It's late here in California. What are you going to do? Uh, by the way, let's do the trivia question. The trivia question that I did and a couple of people got this one correct. Let's see who specifically I'm going to call out today. There were a bunch of them got this one correct. I wonder if some of you looked it up. Uh, but the question was, who is the only person who Pete Rose was ever traded for? Uh, let's go to uh, Rest, uh, Rest, Resta Unique. Resta Unique is a uh, everyday Sully listener for a long time. So I'm going to give you a shout out. He got it right. He said, Tom Lawless. Tom Lawless, he remembers him largely because he played for both the Expos and the Blue Jays. Uh, Tom Lawless was a uh, infielder for the Cincinnati Reds. And when Pete Rose famously left the Reds, joined the Phillies as a free agent. 
helped lead the Phillies to the first ever World Series championship. But after the 83 pennant, he was clearly the odd man out on the team. And on the back nine, it was clear. Everyone kind of knew that. He signed with the Montreal Expos at the beginning of the 84 season uh, and wound up getting hit number 4,000 as a Montreal Expo. But wanted to finish his career up in Cincinnati. So they worked out a deal trading Pete Rose from Montreal back to Cincinnati in exchange for infielder Tom Lawless. Tom Lawless had one of my favorite home runs in the history of the World Series. He was a reserve infielder, bounced around. He's a good name to have if you're doing the uh, the immaculate grid there. And he was playing third base for the Cardinals in the 1987 World Series solely because Terry Pendleton, their starting third baseman, was injured. And he was facing Frank Viola, of an excellent pitcher, actually wound up being the World Series MVP that year. And Tom Lawless hit a home run to sort of break the game four of the World Series Open for St. Louis. It was his second career home run. Not his second home run of that World Series. Not his second home run of that year. The second one he hit in his at that point in his entire major league career. He hit one a couple of years prior and then hit one in the World Series. And there's a famous clip of him when he hit the home run. He, he This is, again, he at this point, he had one more career home run than me. He hit the home run and guy was walking up along the first baseline, sort of watching it. And then he just gives a Jose Batista-like bat flip, or maybe Batista did a Tom Lawless-like bat flip. That was hilarious because it sort of made him look like, you know, this is old school for him. And it was, uh, I'll post it on both the Locked On MLB pod, Locked On MLB pods, and Sully Baseball feed on Twitter or whatever the hell it's called now. So a bunch of you happen to get that one right. Uh, so there you go. So let's let's talk a little bit. I'm going to read some of the uh, the the responses, the the multitude of responses that I got for the uh, what we're just going to casually call uh, the uh, the Aaron Boone episode uh, where I wrote. Um, and by the way, even though the uh, uh, the the thumbnail said fire Boone. Now I think a lot of people saw the thumbnail and didn't actually watch the video because some people said like fire Boone, you know, what about Cashman? I said, I talked a lot about Brian Cashman uh, and that, uh, by the way, uh, Kyle Knapp, 1985. Uh, I had talked about how uh, pitchers with bad records have had great success against the Yankees. And I said something along the lines that Knapp had an ERA of like six. I was wrong. I, I, I That Bryce Elder had an ERA of like six, and I was wrong. I was thinking of a different pitcher. So um, there you go. Uh, let's read from uh, Rocky2418 says, as a lifelong Yankee fan, I could say two things. The Yankees will never be successful until both Cashman and Boone are gone. Your video is spot on. Hey, Yankee fan agrees with me. Uh, Cashman will almost certainly be the uh, GM next year. It won't surprise me if if Boone was still the manager. And he went on talking about how Hal Steinbrenner doesn't care very much about whether the Yankees are lose. Uh, it continues to be packed with ticket holders, and he's happy. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that later on, but uh, I think you're, I agree with you, Rocky, that, that as long as the Yankees are making money, Hal Steinbrenner is uh, fine. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Tom Anderson says, it was a Boone who could track this player, blame Cashman. I did many, many, many times. Uh, I talked about uh, potential managers 
who could fit in well with the Yankees. Uh, I had mentioned Hensley Bam Bam Mullins. I've done that many times. Uh, Angel Rodriguez Frito-Lay says, once again, you nailed it. Thank you. Mullins should be picked before Boone. Willie Randolph? Randolph is an interesting case because you want to have someone with managerial experience, and Randolph had some success as the manager of the Mets. He got him to within one Carlos Beltran swing of getting to the World Series in 2006, and it's always good to have a manager who already has a little bit of experience. Uh, another listener, I don't know where it is, so one of these uh, had mentioned Beltran, because he was going to be the manager of the Mets until he was like the only person who was punished for the Astro scandal. Um, again, the Yankees do not need a first-time manager. They need someone with, with the very least minor league managing experience. Um, have, uh, let's see, there's a couple of ones here. Uh, more people. Um, uh, oh, uh, Justin Lamas says, when a Boston supporter is calling for the Yankees to sack and replace Boone and Cashman, you know the Yankees are effed. Well, look at as a Boston supporter, I want them to stay. Um, let's see, what are some of the other ones we have here? Uh, uh, this team is poorly, uh, uh, this team is poorly constructed. Um, uh, a lot of people pointing out, um, here, good. Uh, Thomas Dempsey, uh, 8011 said they show no fight. Remember the good old days, Paulie O'Neill smashing water coolers. And, uh, when he was winning championships, he, uh, I like Boone, but the only people that he gets pissed off at are umps, in all fairness, deservedly so. I think Boone has a really good relationship with the players, but they're the ones who are going to cost him his job. Yeah, well, they brought in Boone because Joe Girardi was a hard ass, and they wanted someone to be someone who wasn't really, wasn't clashing with ownership, and Boone doesn't clash with anything. Um, uh uh, Mad Wax 1360 said, entirely Yankee fans think they deserve a playoff spot every year. This is new to them. Yeah, yeah. Although they did miss a few playoff spots a couple of times last decade. Um, I will, a couple other ones here. Uh, the Deadwood has to go. Stanton. D this is from uh, Sil Pascal. Uh, 7673, the Deadwood has to go. Stanton, DJ Rizzo, Severino, Montas, McKinney, Cordero, Allen, Bowers, Rortfeldt. Oh, is that all? Um, that's a tall order to put. Uh, I responded, um, uh, you know, I responded that uh, good luck trading all of them. Um, and uh, free up money, trade judge. Yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to trade judge when his value is low. Um, oh, it was, uh, and, um, there was one other, uh, there's a couple of the ones, uh, oh, this one, I like this one from stocks groups, ward five, nine, two, two can't fire the players of the manager also has to motivate. And he's lost that fire Boone. I'd hired Donnie and hope to see him turn into a Tory and turn the club around. Look at, I've been very critical of Don Mattingly as a manager. I like to bring up the, uh, quote of uh my dad said remember the dodgers are managed by an idiot when don madden was the manager there but as harsh as my dad's statement was you know he has managed the dodgers and he has managed the marlins and while i'm not his biggest fan as a manager he did manage both of them to postseason trips and you kind of want to have someone who would have the respect of the players has you know you would like to have yankee ties and you would also, you know, like to have someone with some experience at it. I would lean more towards Joe Madden. I don't know whose you know, car he keyed. He, you know, he was in an, 
played for one of the most incompetent organizations in the world with the Angels. But when the Angels signed him, wasn't he on his way to the Hall of Fame and now he can't get a job? You know, why not head over to the Yankees? And if he wins there, then he would have won a World Series in both the American and National League. Madden seems like a pretty, you know, he, instant respect and a message to the fans of, hey, we're getting someone who has won and has all the respect in the world. Um, it's fun. They're having a fire cashman night. This was on the uh, New York Post article. There's like some time when they're going to be playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll get to the Diamondbacks a little later in the show. But uh, there's going to be a fire cash money. They're trying to emulate the A's. Can you believe that? The Yankee fans are trying to emulate A's fans who were doing the did the whole sell the team night reverse boycott. Um, apparently, they're going to try to do fire cashman night at the stadium. Listen to um, Stacy Gatsoulias, Stacy Gatsoulias, and Steve Granado from Lockdown Yankees do a great show uh, today. Go to go listen to them. They cover it in depth, and they bring up the fact that the Yankees are pretty strict about people not wearing shirts and holding up signs that reflect badly on the Yankees. Remember that episode of Seinfeld where they made Elaine take off her Orioles hat? Um, that's based on kind of what the the, the team is like. Um, I, you know, when we get back from this message, uh, we are going to talk about one of the actual games that was played. But I'm also going to quickly bring up the fact that one of the reasons why the Yankees are in this mess is because someone – a bunch of years ago, did not hail a cab. And because of that, the Yankees are in a horrible mess. You know, we would get on Brian Cashman about not being able to put a championship team together. And let me tell you something. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the right fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check, and you'll know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price is guaranteed at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, and as always, exclusions apply. I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Lisa Swan, who runs Subway Squawkers, which is uh, another site you should follow, search if you're a Yankee fan. She's been calling for Brian Cashman's head uh, 10 years ago when she was on my old podcast, um, unimpressed by how he put together teams. He inherited he inherited a terrific team, did, did what he needed to do. But sometimes you need a change of regime. Heck, the Red Sox had Theo Epstein stand on the shoulders of Dan Duquette. Dan Duquette put together a squad. The U.S. team got him across the hump, but eventually it was time for Theo to go because sometimes you need to change some things up. Sometimes you need a different voice in there. And so many people won't criticize Cashman. I heard uh, Ken Rosenthal, who's forgotten more baseball than most of us will ever know, and he was talking about how the roster construction was bad for this and the team wasn't assembled correctly, but 
when bringing up the idea of maybe replace Cashman, he's like, oh, but, you know, he's had such success and everything, and he's a survivor. Does he have photographs of people? Why? I don't understand why he gets such a pass from so many people, but he's no longer getting the pass from the fans because I think they're reading through everything here. Um, it's funny. I don't know if you remember who uh, uh, Steve Swindle was. Uh, Steve Swindle was George Steinbrenner's son-in-law. He married his uh, uh, his daughter. Um, uh, was it Jennifer Steinbrenner? Yeah, Jennifer Steinbrenner. And George took a real shining to a real shine. Sorry, not the shining. That's that was uh, uh, Danny Torrance and the blood coming out of the uh, uh, elevator. Steve Swindle was kind of the apple of George Steinbrenner's eyes. He thought he was the right person to run the Yankees. And he was the hand picked by George um, in the in the you know the mid two thousands because George knew he wasn't going to be there forever. So who's going to run the team in this weird King Lear that was going on? Steve Swindle was the person who was like, okay, he's he was hands on. He was going to be the guy to run the team once George stepped aside. And then in February of two thousand seven, he got arrested at DUI which led to a chain of events to his wife divorcing him. There was probably infidelity and things like that involved. And he was kicked out of the family business. So he went from being the future king to basically being Carlo and the Godfather, trying to marry his way in and being kicked out. And the the team basically fell on the shoulders of Hank and Hal. And Hank, who was you know a bit of a blowhard and everything like that, trying to be like his dad, he died a few years ago, and it landed in Hal's lap. And Hal is like Niles Crane. You just don't think he's going to run the team. He doesn't really show much interest in it. And so, naturally, he's going to let Cashman get away with stuff and Boone get away with stuff. Because they're like, I, I don't really, I'm not into this. I'm not making money. The stands are filled. We're selling merchandise. Great. What's the problem? And so, you know, Yankee fans... If they could go back in time, if they could pull a Bill and Ted and go back in time, they would call Steve Swindle a cab because he would probably be a little more hands-on and be somewhere in between, somewhere in between the bombastic George, who the person, remember, Yankee fans used to chant George must go, and the completely indifferent Hal. Somewhere in that gray area is probably where Steve Swindle was. Um, hey, let's get to a game that actually took place. The Yankees didn't even play. Uh, the game of the night, chances are you didn't see it. But the game of the night took place. Uh, uh, it was not the Seattle game. Seattle actually blew the doors off the dump in Chicago. It wasn't the Red Sox-Astros game, which was really frustrating if you're a Red Sox fan because the Red Sox, I think, left another three men on base since I started this podcast. They, they, it was it was nine to four, but it was like the Red Sox every inning had runners in scoring position. They couldn't get anything in. They got through and home run the first, and then just one other run. It was very frustrating. No, I'm telling you, the game of the night was between Texas and Arizona. And let me tell you something: the the Diamondbacks have been nicknamed the Answerbacks because. This game was fabulous. The Diamondbacks are trying to climb back into a playoff position. It was San Francisco losing a game to Philadelphia that included a inside the park home run by Bryce Harper, which is look. I like the Giants, but pretty cool to watch that. The uh, the D backs threw uh, 
Mantifly, Mantifly, I can't pronounce his name, neither can you, but the uh, Rangers through Montgomery, who was their, one of their big acquisitions of the trade deadline, Montgomery pitched eight shutout innings, was absolutely fantastic, it was one nothing going into the ninth. Now, instead of letting him finish up the game, in comes a role as Chapman. And a role as Chapman does what a role as Chapman does. So he let up a ninth inning, bottom of the ninth, game tying home run to Cattell Marte, which was uh, just like whoa! Now the you know <laughs> we're going to extra innings now, and it was a it was a super tense extra innings. And the Rangers scored two in the uh, top of the eleventh inning. And uh, the big, you know, it was it was a little back. Nathaniel was it Nathaniel Lowe or Nathaniel Lau? We need to come up with a universal situation. We got a big double. Uh, the Rangers took a three-one lead. Then it goes in two outs, bottom of the eleventh. Diamondbacks down by two. Perdomo hits a line drive double into the gap. It scores one, and Perez Chica, the third base coach for the Diamondbacks, holds up Cattell Marte. I was like, oh, man, because he would have been the, the tying run. But Garcia's got a cannon in right field, and he would have been thrown out at home plate. So up steps Tommy Pham, who's had a – it was hitting streak was on the line. He was pulling an offer. And what did he do? He doubled into left center – into right center field. Uh, it scored uh, Marte. It scored Perdomo. And the Diamondbacks won four to three in, in the eleventh day. It was a thrilling end to the game. And Will Smith, not that Will Smith, and not the other Will Smith, but the Will Smith who was the closer for the Braves and is now one of the closers for the Rangers, he gave a little, you know, a little damn it motion on the on the pitcher's mound, which I don't normally see pitchers do. Um the greatest damn it was actually once in the Arizona Stadium where uh, Ted Lilly, who was a pitcher for the Cubs, let up a key home run in a playoff series between Arizona and Chicago in 2007. We let up a key home run. I don't remember who he left the home run to, forgive me. But when he saw it was a home run, he just picked up his glove and he threw it on the ground. Eduardo Rodriguez did the same thing in the 2018 World Series for the Red Sox when he let up a big home run to, I think it was Yasiel Puig. But, um, but yeah, it was a great game. And what did I say? The Diamondbacks learned the lesson. The Eddie Rosario lesson when they acquired Tommy Pham. Make sure you can put a major leaguer in there and see what happens. And with that, that that victory uh, came about um, a little bit of anarchy going on. Uh, first of all, in the American League West, because that was a Ranger loss. The Astros won their game and the Mariners won their game. So the Astros are now a game and a half out and Seattle's only two games out. Not of a wild card spot of first place in the West, which would mean a bye as well. But with that also, speaking about the wild card race, with the the Cubs won, the Phillies won, okay, but the Giants lost, and Arizona's victory with the Giants lost. The Giants have been a tailspin. They've lost seven of their last 10 games. Arizona's won eight of their last 10 games. And with that, the Diamondbacks are now only half a game out of a playoff spot as we're here in late August. So, you know, it was a late game. If you're on the East Coast, I'm guessing you missed Texas versus Arizona. But do you know what? It was pretty darn good.
I admit that I was doing a little, I was being petty over the last couple of days. I was listening to a lot of Yankee podcasts and Yankee videos uh, going over their rancid couple of weeks. And I'm going to you know, probably slow down on that a little bit. Um, the Yankees actually, uh, they, they made, uh, they did something smart. I mean, you got to give credit. I've been trashing them left and right. Uh, but they've called up a couple of their uh, their their key minor leaguers. Uh, uh, Everson Pereira is it Everson Pereira? Uh, Oswaldo Oswald Peraza, who was actually on the playoff team last year, if, if I remember correctly. But they're calling up some of their minor leaguers because, like you know, why not? Their major leaguers aren't pulling off. They probably should have done that at the All Star break. You know, the, the Reds calling up all of their young players certainly helped them. So, but anyway. Uh, when I was listening to a lot of these things, I wound up listening to Mike Francesa. Now, for those of you who don't know Mike Francesa, Mike, and, Mike Francesa and Chris Russo used to have the Mike of the Mad Dog show in WFAN. I was a WFAN addict all throughout the 1990s when I lived in New York, and Mike and the Mad Dog was, whether you liked them or not, was irrelevant. It, they were appointment radio. I just listened to them all the time. Uh, they've since, Russo, Christopher Russo is now on MLB Network, Mike Francis is doing his thing. And I was listening to him. And he brought up something that actually had not much to do with the Yankees. But it was, uh, it, it, it made me, it gave me pause. And he was talking about how, you know, baseball, and I talked about this the other day, how baseball is spread out everywhere. Where is the game today? We talked about Susan Waldman couldn't find the game when it was, you know, is it on Amazon? Is it on Fox? Is it on Apple? Is it on regular TV? And when the Giants, the key Giants game was on, I think it was on Apple, our dear friend of the family, Dr. Dolph Pfefferbaum, just said, why is it on Apple? Like, totally incredulous. Um, I get it. I get it. And also, as we've cut the cord, all of a sudden, I can't watch Shohei Otani anymore. I can't watch Dodger games anymore. And... Francesa made a really interesting point that I want to bring up. He was saying a lot of people can't afford all of these subscriptions. And yeah, all these different subscriptions. You used to have cable TV. That was your cable bill. If you want to add HBO or Cinemax or Showtime or whatever, those was additions. But you had ESPN. You had sports, you know, sports Channel. You had all these different things. Now you have to buy them all individually again. And those subscriptions add up. And some people don't want to subscribe to Apple TV. The thing he brought up was it's a lot of old people who love their baseball. We know that baseball skews pretty old. They're trying to get young viewers. But there's a lot of people who are older who love baseball. They love their baseball memories. And sometimes having the game on is a comfort. And to deny them that comfort, because some of those older people have trouble finding the, the games. Hey, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm in my 50s, and I have trouble finding the goddamn game. And you got to know that some people are still like, is it on Channel 11? Where is it? And for some people, when they get older, that time when the game is on is a really special time. I helped take care of my dad a lot towards the end of his life. And towards the end of his life, he was losing his memory, and he really wasn't my dad anymore. 
But in those nights that I was with him, when the Giants were on, even when he was fading, the Giant game was on, and it was a moment of peace, and it was a moment of something that we could still do together. And I got to think there are people who are in convalescent homes or, or having home care or whatever, that, that moment when the game is on is a highlight of the day. And to have that highlight of the day not be where you're expecting, difficult to find. I'm trying to find it. I know the game is starting now. I can't find it. Oh, I got to subscribe to this. I got to subscribe to that. Is borderline cruel. It's wrong. It's morally wrong to deny some people that. And again, I understand everything is the almighty dollar. But once again, if you create a subscription service, that if you pay the premium, and believe me, the amount of peace that I had with my dad sitting watching the Giants game with him in those last few years with him, if I had to pay X number of dollars to know that it's on every night, there isn't a person in the world that wouldn't pay that premium. You still get your money. You still get to get rich. You still get to say, oh, we pay that extra one and we'll throw that around to Apple or to Amazon or whomever it is. You still get to make your money. Don't worry, I'm not being a communist. But if you make it harder to find it, first of all, for young people, if you make it hard to find it, guess what? They're already watching something else. I see some of my students in my class when they have the TikTok, they don't wait three seconds. That's not interesting. That's not interesting. That's not interesting. Hey, why don't you find the game? Where is it? It's on that app. Where app? You have to download it. Too late. Too late. I'm already moved on. But yet to the older people, just put it in one place where they could find it. I would have paid the extra. Whoever is in charge of them will pay the extra. It'll be worth it. Believe me, to have the two and a half, three, four hours apiece, whatever you're paying for that is worth every penny. But to replace that with, I want to watch the game today. That was a highlight of my day. Well, it's on Amazon. It's on Apple. It's on Fox. You don't know where the hell it is. Well, I don't have that here. How do I watch that? I don't know. I'm looking for it. Come on. We'll pay it. You'll still get filthy rich. Just like every single owner is swimming in money. Yes, even the Orioles owner. We're going to get to the Orioles and the White Sox as suddenly more billionaires are crying poverty. You'll make your money. You can bathe in money. But remember who's watching it. And remember, you want to make them happy. That's part of what this game is. It isn't always about you win the World Series, you don't win the World Series. It's you have something there. 162 days a year, you have a companion. Don't forget that. I know you want young eyeballs, but guess what? Those old eyeballs will pay money. And when you put that check, it doesn't say, wait a minute, is this old people's money or young people's money? It's money, honey. So go do it. 
Hey, uh, the 21st of August was the anniversary of the day that Babe Ruth became the first ever member of the 600 Home Run Club. So today's trivia question is this. Who was the second? Who was the second member of the 600 Home Run Club? That's the trivia question. Put it down here in the YouTube comments or put it at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. Responding to the popular Sunday show and seeing if I can get any of you to see what my uh, uh, my my clickbaity thumbnail will bring in, in this week. Talk about that game you probably missed and you shouldn't have. And begging Major League Baseball, just make it easy to watch your product. This has been Locked On MLB for the 22nd day of August 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.